I'm JD. I'm leader of the Gear Jammers. And I'm the Toe Cutter, and I'm the leader of the Toe Cutters. I'm Lunita Nesta, and I'm the gang leader of the Rainbow Chasers. And welcome to the Darkwind Podcast. I'm going to put on my noob hat today. I'm going to get in my borrowed car today, and I'm going to be the noob. All right. Okay, I'll start with some things that, that I do know about Darkwind. I know Darkwind is is a turn-based game, and when anyone comes into the game, they know at least the basics of what they're getting into. They know it's a turn-based, post-apocalyptic game. That's yeah. All, that's all you yeah. know before you really get into the game. Darkwind is a post-apocalyptic game. It's, it's uh, movement-based, and all you do is move your cards and try to shoot everybody else. Toe Cutter, how long have you been playing uh, Dark? Um, well, I started uh, October 31st of 06, back when the game was still in alpha. And what sorts of things were missing from the game when you first started to play? Well, we were still trying to figure out things like the league system, points, that sort of bit. It was really just the, the three basic events, your, your racing, your death racing, and your combat events. Um, I think there was only three, four tracks at the time. When we were limited to Somerset, um, scouting was still a pipe dream, but uh, the game was still a lot of fun. Uh, not so many chassis, but uh, they started getting added gradually and started testing them out. Little bumps in the road every now and then. But there was no scouting? Did you just say that? Yeah, no, like I said, that was pretty much a pipe dream. Uh, we wanted to wait till we got another town set in so people have places to go. Uh, actually, the first scoutings were basically uh, player versus player encounters while we tested out the new maps. Uh, we didn't fight pirates, we basically just fought each other. Uh, with no consequences. You know, everything was reset at the end of the combat. And JD, when did you first uh, strap up for the first time? Well, I strapped up uh, Darkwind in February uh, 2007, and that was uh, right before they went to beta. And right before they went to beta, all they had was four or five different tracks. Yeah, we had just about wrapped up the alpha stage and were preparing for beta when JD came in. He came in just before beta started, so he was... uh, he was ready on the start line as soon as we went beta. <laughs> now, you guys went, went, uh, you had the alpha version. Toe Carter, you were there. You got right before you went beta, JD was there. And then just about a year later, I jump on for the first time in about uh, September. Lanesta, when did you start playing Dark One? Uh, this past December. We can tell the noobs, you know, a year from now. Yeah, we were playing back when, you know, there was no blue sky and before there were drugs. Actually, you know what? Sam just um, Sam posted something on the forum about the Aurora. Has anybody seen the Aurora in the events yet? He was talking about that. No, he didn't post it on the forum. He posted it on the uh, chat. Uh, well, I also saw a forum posting in the uh, in the role playing forum about the Aurora Borealis. With and a couple of neat little screenshots too. Yes, and Flaming Savage, the burning question: Are we all gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cute. I thought that was kind of funny. Now, 
Uh, moving along. Now, once you get into the game, once you sign up, you download the client. And I'll ask each one of you. I'll start with you, Lenusta. Where do I start? Once I download the client, I have it installed. I see all this. I see everything up there. I see people asking me about scouting. But I can't scout because I'm not subscribed. But And we'll, we'll get into that a little later. But what's the first thing that a, that a new player should do when they um, sign up for Darkwing? Actually, when you first sign in, you're taken right to the lobby and for me getting to know the other players is what really um, gave me an idea of what the game would be like because you can have a great game but if you're playing with crappy players you know um, it's not a game worth playing and for me you know I entered the game and everybody's like oh hello welcome and everything else Um, and just the spirit of the other players and just the teamwork that everybody you know, let's go together. Let's do this. Let's do that. It, it's awesome. Yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The the environment when I first got there, um, you ask a question in some games and you don't get an answer. Other games, and what, you, go, ahead, go ahead. And what really impressed me is that Sam himself will play the game too. And I just, you know, how many creators of games do you see like actually talking to the other players and taking part? in his own game. And ramming you going the wrong way around the track. Yeah, I remember that sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I think you're... Uh... Uh, mistaking Sam with uh, Darth Spanky. They have the client downloaded. They're in the lobby. They, they've talked to Darth Spanky. They've talked to Lanesta. They've talked to everyone they could possibly talk to. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Uh, I'm a noob. Uh, what should they do next? Well, personally, I think the first thing they should do is subscribe. You know, subscribe to the game. Get into the game that allows you to buy more cars, to customize more cars, to be able to run wilderness missions, run wilderness scouts where you can fight other uh, non-player cars, NPCs. You know, get in there and do it. You know, if if you can't afford to subscribe, get in there and borrow a car. JD, come on, twenty dollars a month. Uh, it's t- it's way too expensive. JD, come on. Uh, well, it's six ninety five a month. Six ninety five a month. Yep. Once you've done those those two things, what's your first suggestion? And you're you've been playing the longest of everyone here, and your experience is speaking for you right now. So it's speaking to us right now. So if you would tell us, uh, give us some words of wisdom. Well, really, to get better, it, it takes two things. Um, one, play. And play a lot. Jump into every event you possibly can. Um, for one thing, if you live, your, your characters go up in skill and you find things start to go a lot easier. But um, also you can start to get to know the different chassis, the different characteristics on the track. Um, as a first couple of week player, I, I would probably stay away from you know the deadly combats at first. Um, stick with the racing events. Get to know the tracks. Get to know the cars. Um, once you get a little more comfortable with how the system works, and, you know, you bump it up a level. Get into a death race. Start blowing people away. 
once you start figuring out just how much punishment a car can take when you're getting hammered by a machine gun, then you can start looking at the combats. That's uh, that's a real adrenaline rush with that one. There's uh, death every couple of seconds in those. Yeah, I uh, I would suggest um, going first to the driving school and actually completing the event, get a, get a taste of how it feels to control the cars at high speeds. Because I got to tell you, I would personally suggest going to a uh, driving school, racing a lap, and then going into maybe the combat event. You yeah, should have well, seen the, my... Uh, the, the perfect complement to, to the driving school is a veteran player, whether it's a marshal. And I don't think a lot of the newer players take advantage of the marshals enough. Um, we're there to basically help the new player start to understand things a little bit faster. Um, definitely try and grab somebody with stars next to their name, because, I mean, we're here to help. And if they're not around, you'll find that the veteran players are very open, especially if they're not in an event at the time, to, to jump into the driving school with you uh, and give you some pointers on a, on a one-on-one basis. The next the next thing I wanted to discuss was controls. Within Darkwind, there are a couple of different options that you have. You can use, just like many other games, you can use the keyboard or the mouse. However, there's some shortcuts uh, that, you, that aren't readily available when you click the help, uh, the help button. And I wanted to just breeze through that for a second um but before i do that i just want to say that using the mouse is a no-go for me because when you use the mouse you can't see your ghost changes as they happen you have to actually let the mouse button go in order to see your ghost change and uh my two favorite keys are the greater than less than keys that allows you to kind of go in between cars if you have two cars in the wilderness or you have two cars in the event you can rotate i'm kind of glad you mentioned that one that's uh that was my suggestion actually because before you could only click with the mouse and I found that really annoying so I begged and pleaded and we got those shortcuts in. The first time I went on a scout um, it was really hilarious because I was still using the mouse and I didn't know the shortcut keys and you know I was like oh my gosh I can't even move my mouse is stuck what's going on and I called it time out and people were getting irritated and I'm like the shortcut keys what are they? It was it was quite interesting. Yeah, well, I find I'm using my mouse uh, quite often to change my camera views. I'm constantly yeah. looking at the map, uh, as well as targeting the other cars, getting weapons fired. So, uh, got your left hand free. Use that to start planning your move ahead with your with your car, using the steering, adjusting your speed. All that can be controlled by the keyboard. Uh, it certainly makes thing makes things go a lot quicker with a 30 second timer counting down. The Q and E. Q and E uh, on your keyboard allows you to rotate around and R and F. An easy way to remember R and F is rise and fall. If you want to rise, you press R. If you want to fall, you press F. I find that to be really helpful. Exactly. Now, moving along. Okay, Toe Cutter, I know how to drive. And I have 20K I just subscribed like JD told me to. And I know everybody like Lanesta told me to. This 20K, I want to buy a car. What do I do? Well, personally, I'd save that 20k and bump it up to about 40k and buy yourself a land runner but that's just <laughs> i don't think there's anyone out there that can that can say that they uh they'll hold on to that 20k because that, that money burnt a hole in my pocket and i think it'll burn a hole in anyone's pocket yeah you know that's exactly right everybody is gonna want to get their hands on a decent combat car you know and they're gonna want to shoot something up you know yeah you know but but my personal preference would be for a Phoenix. You know, put 
put in, you know, put in a 3.2 liter engine, put in a heavy uh, machine gun or a heavy Gatling gun if you can find it. Actually, today I was just sort of playing around with building a car and I think I found a car that seems to have slipped under Darkwind's radar. It's the Estate. It's a small car. doesn't carry more than a, a 1.8 liter engine before the engine starts getting exposed, but it has a huge cargo capacity. You can fit a ton of guns on this little compact. It carries more than a Buccaneer. What kind of engine? Oh, we're talking a really small engine. Now, this is a small car. It doesn't carry much armor. Uh, you'd be lucky if you get 16 points aside. Um, it's a great little car. You don't have to spend too much on it, and you can really outload it to the gills. It's uh, it's an amazing little car, and I highly recommend it first-time buyers. Okay, so so you're, you're putting, what, heavy guns on this car? This car will hold two gunners, a driver, and still carry four medium machine guns, and have room for a little bit of ammo, too. It, it's four? Really an, it's really an amazing little car. Wow. That's the kind of car that I got. That's the first car that I actually bought by myself. I love that car. And, that's um, the Binding Pink one in that last scout there, guys. Yeah, now, that's my little pink car. Now, can you can you tell me that the armor is actually going to hold up? Because, you know, some armor is weaker than others, and I don't right. think that, I don't think that point has been brought home enough uh, to, to the uh, to the community that if you have 10 points of armor on, on an Apache, it's different than having 10 points of armor on a Spirit. Yeah, correct. You know, the, the armor is based on the chassis strength of every car. Just to add, JD, there's a great uh, chassis table in the game info tab on the website. It lists all the chassis and gives you a, a relatively accurate comparison of all the different chassis types. Right. Yes. I, I noticed the wiki doesn't have that. It doesn't have the, the actual uh, chassis strengths. Maybe we have to talk to the 88 miles per hour guys and see if we can get that. Marcos. Yes. Added in. There's also three different kinds of armor. You have your grade A, B, and C armors too. Yes. And the now, difference. Those, well, those, uh, well, grades don't really affect stopping power of a bullet. They're simply right. weight, weight to cost. Uh, exactly. Take, exactly. If you take B armor as your as your starting point. C will be twice as heavy, but half half as expensive. Um, and A grade armor will be um, half as heavy, but twice as expensive. You're telling me that JD's A A armor, ten points of that, and then I have ten points of C armor. Even though he paid almost double for his armor, you're telling me that your machine gun is going to go through his armor just as quickly as it's going to go through my armor? Yeah, exactly. Well, what's, the, the, what's the advantage? It's adding a lot less weight to JD's car. His car will be able to uh, maneuver better. It'll accelerate faster. Um, the biggest drawback is is that he's paying through the nose to repair it. Before I listen to the podcast, I go ahead and I get A armor. It's the best. It's my first car. It's a spirit. I want to go ahead and get A. And then I listen to the podcast and JD tells me I just wasted my my cash. Uh, I thought that you couldn't change the armor type. You, you can change your armor type. All you have to do is drop your armor to zero on all sides every every side top bottoms left right every every side and then click on a b or c on the right hand side of the screen now when it comes to price range on cars what range am i looking to spend if i want to get something decent so that's a pretty tough question to answer because it really depends on your playing style 
Um, that's the beauty of this game. Nobody's cars are alike. We've all got our own personal preferences. Personally, I don't like going in anything lighter than a Land Rover. Wolf Eater uses medium-sized cars almost exclusively. Except until the buzzer came along, I think he fell in love with those. Um, so really, it's uh, your playing style will determine your spending limit. You're going to spend a lot less on a medium-sized car like a Buccaneer, which is a great scouting vehicle if you know how to use it. And then you got those lazy types who just pack a lot of armor on a big tank and pay through the nose. You know, that's that's exactly right. There are those that put out a, a buttload of money you know, and want to get a, a lot out of their tank. But then again, that tank weighs a lot, which means their engine won't push them as fast as they would like. You know? Yeah, tanks are a bit of a trade-off. Yeah, you've got a tremendous staying power, a lot of firepower, but you're not running away from anything. Yeah, you can't get out of trouble as fast as you got into it. So, J.D. Basher of the Gear Jammers. Yes. Pose to you a question. Sure. Can you explain to me the basic differences between a race, a death race, and the combat events? Now, sure. When you see those things pop up at the bottom, you see the time pop up, and you know that you can register for those different events. But where do where does the race differ from the death race? differ from the arena combat well a race is just a race on one of the one of the maps or tracks that are provided on Darkwind a death race is exactly what it sounds like it's a weapon available you have your car you shoot anybody the arena is different you have one or two cards provided to you and in the arena combat you you fight against the other team in the arena combats yeah there are gates that you need to be able to pass through to be able to gain points and I think, and I think that um, that that's not known either. Uh, when you jump into a combat event, uh, you don't know that you, you can go through those gates and get bonus points. I do it all the time, only because I saw someone else doing it. But I have to ask the leader of the Rainbow Chasers. Yeah. What do you prefer doing of the three events? Uh, is the death race your mo- your forte, or are you more of a of a just pure racing animal? Right now, I'm trying to get used to the tracks. It's taking me a little longer than I'd like. Um, I do turns at ridiculous speeds and end up spinning out. And um, I'm also practicing on firing on other people. So right now, I'm sticking to racing until I get my driving skill up a bit. Now, now, Toe Cutter, you've won multiple events, is that correct? Um, yeah, but they've all been pure race events. That's uh, that's really my thing. Uh, I am a fairly cautious player. I like to think things a bit safe. I've grown rather attached to my gang members and don't subject them to too much uh, unnecessary fire. I, I pick my death races rather carefully. Um, and 
as far as the combats go, I tend to stick to the ones where I can bring my own Goliaths into. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please bear in mind that Toe Cutter has won multiple titles. He has multiple badges. Is that correct, Toe Cutter? I won the second uh, ever race league and the first Elmsfield race. I guess basically both times, everybody was still getting used to all the tracks and that, so I just kind of snuck in and took the points. Okay, now that was at the beginning. That will suggest that you're washed up, Toe Cutter. Now, now I'm asking you this as a as a, as a a pseudo-racing fan, because I'm not a racing fan. I, I like combat, but uh, if I were a fan, I'd ask you, Toe Cutter, are you washed up? I mean, was that just a... Were you just a flash... Uh, uh, no, actually, actually, I, I've sort of moved on from the uh, the city events, and I tend to concentrate just about exclusively on scouting. Uh, yes. Lots more money to be made in the scouts. Indeed, indeed, and that's an excellent transition. Uh, the wilderness, JD. Sure. The wilderness. Um, the wilderness. There are a lot of different things that come into play when you actually decide to go out into scouting. And before you actually go into the wilderness, uh, unlike going into a combat event or going into a death race or anything like that, you, ha- you actually have to do the whole squad thing. Um, right. Now, uh, Lenita, are you familiar with the uh, with with the uh, whole process of of creating a squad and all that? Yep, I've been there, done that. All right. Do you care to explain to to our listeners exactly how you go about getting out there into the wilderness and getting your hands dirty? Um, at first, actually, I joined someone else's squad. I think my first squad was with Toketter. Yep. Um, basically, I went on his game page. Then I went over to his squad, and if you scroll down, you'll be able to see that you're able to join it. And uh, you have to select your car. And um, to create your own you go over to squad on your gang on your own gang page it tells you on the left that you can create your own squad if you're new then it's going to be in Somerset so and then other people can join it too yes and if they want to join in if you have your squad created uh, JD this she has her squad created she tells you to go ahead and join how do you join her squad you're in the lobby well, if I'm in the lobby, I uh, click on her name and then hit click the uh, her squad name. And then as soon as it shows up, I hit squads on her gang page and I find the squad that I'm looking for. There you go. And uh, the most important bit is that they must have also told you the password to join the squad. Uh, you can't just invite yourself. Right. All right. Now, since this is a... a a noob cast of sorts. We won't get into the the details and the intricacies of tactics and everything when you actually go out into the wilderness. But um, but can everyone please give their tips? And we'll start uh, with the newer players going to the veterans. So it'll be uh, Lenita, myself, JD, and then Toe Cutter. Please give uh, give the noobs just a tip for the wilderness when you go out into the wilderness. Just some words of wisdom. Don't scout alone. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Yes. <laughs> well, I would suggest uh, bring extra ammo. And what, what's what's your tip, JD? My tip for the wilderness that would be 
Bring Gatling guns. It's coming from Mr. Gatling gun, Mr. Heavy Gatling gun on a weekday. Yeah, amen, dive in. (laughs) Toe cutter. I think probably the best advice I could give is bring more than one character in your car on your skip. Nothing is more frustrating than laying the smack down, probably a very hair-raising experience, getting to the loop screen, and all you're able to ride away with is a spare tire. Bring an extra crewman to drive that looted car back home. Right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Excellent tips. Excellent tips, people. These are gems. These are Darkwing gems that we've just given you. Now, along with wilderness, along with going out into the wilderness, there are other reasons to actually go outside of town. You can travel. You can go to different cities. But I think that uh, something that's underutilized by players, and I, I noticed it today, especially when I said, "Yeah, you know." Uh, I got some uh, some action going on in Elm because I'm gonna make you know 200k on this trip. I'll tell you how the you know how it goes. And then everybody was like 200k. What's going on? 200k? And I I was kind of taken aback because I felt like uh, hello 200k is nothing. There are more than the missions for more than 200k missions. Oh yeah, that's from what Firelight? No, no, no. That was just for Badlands. Really? Yes. Go from Elm to Badlands. Yeah, I'm moving out tonight. As soon as the podcast is over, and I think there's something that's underutilized, and I wanted to get you guys' uh, feedback and response to that, to missions in general. Can't um, really ask me because uh, I can't do missions yet. No? Why not? Yeah. You have to have a high enough um, reputation, reputation and um, fame, I think. Or is it just reputation? I forget. Well, start no, shooting. Start shooting some people. <laughs> yeah, what I got the time. What affects fame and reputation, Tokara and JD? I think JD well, for the best. Start shooting people. Yeah. You get yeah, basically yeah. you get out into the scouts. You get out into the scouts, uh, and you start making a name for yourself, hunting down pirates. Uh, reputation can go up and down depending on who your targets of the day are. If you're going to go out and hunt those very lucrative trader convoys, then your reputation is going to drop. Uh, if you start hunting pirates, on the other hand, then your reputation starts to go up. Well, I wish you all the luck, Lenita, in your your quest for glory. But uh, that 200k, I, I really hope things work out on that mission for me. Um, moving along. Actually, guys... I'm just going to add something about the uh, missions. Please. Uh, another, it's another good tip. Um, missions are a great way to train up your scouts. Uh, scouts are really important when you're going out uh, for... Uh, wilderness scouts because they affect the odds, how many cards you're going to be facing, your starting position. Scouts are very important characters in your gang and some of the best ways to train them up are to do these missions. Get them running between towns and you don't have to stop play you can just keep going outrun the pirates while you go between towns running your missions. So you're building up cash, you're training your scouts up really quickly and they become very valuable assets for when you're when you're ready to stand and fight. Yeah, I got I got one of my scouts up to two hundred and nine, and he maxed out. 
so I can't get any more scout on him. But wow. I can I can use him. So he's never ambushed then. Uh, no, he can be ambushed. Yes, he can be ambushed, but it's not the likely. O- the odds are heavily stacked in his favor, though. Not only can you travel, not only can you do trade missions, not only can you scout, but you can also be involved in camps. And I wanted to briefly cover camps, uh, if you guys don't mind. Um, Sure. The camps are a place that you can go, and they're supposed to encourage working with others. But there are also some other things involved. Gentlemen? Go ahead, Joe. Um, Okay. Uh, Camps have just newly been introduced into Darkwind. At the moment, there are only three or four active camps. Um, Four. These are... Thank you, JD. Uh, (laughs) These are great ways for groups of players to get together to uh, enrich their gangs. Uh, You set them up with the camp owner building buildings on a camp map. Things like mechanic shops, uh, farms, these sort of things. You can produce trade goods, you can produce weapons, uh, and eventually we'll be having uh, the ability for other gangs to attack these camps and try and take them over or loot them. Uh, But at the moment, um, it's it's really just a great way to get a bunch of people working together towards a common goal, uh, making money. Now, we we talked about scouting uh, earlier, and what I wanted to do also, before we close out, I wanted to talk about the different uh, character stats. And this is probably the most interesting thing to me about the entire game and how the different stats work. So I wanted to um, go through the different stats and talk about them. But first, I wanted to talk about the fact that uh, once you recruit a guy, I did not know that you could recruit a guy that has over 100 points in one statistic. (laughs) Well... Yeah, you'll be lucky if you if you get one of those. Yeah, that's kind of like hitting the lottery. Um, the main reason you find one of those is that they are previous members of another gang, whether it's an NPC gang or another player gang that has been around for a while, for whatever reasons, has left that They find their way back to the taverns, and uh, the lucky player can pick them up. Also, when you recruit a guy, if they have... I I heard somewhere, uh, both of you can confirm this for me, if anyone can confirm this for me. Uh, If you recruit a guy, let's say he's a 22 large gunner, that means he's actually a gifted large gunner, and he'll learn at an accelerated rate. Is that correct? No. No? No, not necessarily. Just because you get a 22 gunner, doesn't mean he's gifted. How can you tell when they're gifted? Um, keep putting him into the training, and if he gains more from training, that's when you know he's gifted. Uh, the first statistic uh, I wanted to cover is next, since we've already covered scouting, uh, is first aid, which I think is the most useless stat. I told the guy in the lobby the other day. He said, "Oh, I have a guy that's uh, that's 35 mechanic." I said, "Dude, that's like having the best nurse in the world. Doesn't matter. This is a war. You need guns. You need soldiers, not nurses." Now, first aid, even though he had a mechanic, first aid is even more useless than a mechanic. I mean, come on. You're in charge well, of band-aids? Come on. I'll correct you later on the mechanic bit, but I definitely have to agree on the first aid. Um, 
first aid is a well-intentioned skill. Um, it's just that as you quickly gain experience in a scout, your characters don't get injured as much. And so it, that skill kind of falls by the roadside, yes. Um, right. Generally, if you're playing well enough, you won't need the first aid skill. So you don't need a band-aid boy, gentlemen. Ladies, you don't need a band-aid boy or, or, a, or a nurse. You don't need them. Well, not by choice. Now, the next statistic uh, is mechanics. Like I, like I told the guy in the forum, Oh, uh, I got this. Dude, you don't need it. Come on. Fire the guy. Remove from game. Now, the reason I say that is because, as we discussed uh, prior to recording, it's a hard statistic to, to advance. That's one, even though I didn't know that at the time when I said it. That's just one. Number two, come on. When you're in a battle, you're either going to destroy the engine or you're not going to destroy the engine. It's either going to be black or it's going to be white. Either you're going to be alive or you're going to be dead. That's just as simple as that. It's either coming home with you or it's not coming home with you. It, why, if, right. you have, if you have, hold on just one second. If you And then the third reason ties in with the second reason because if you have a guy that if you have like I said you want soldiers not nurses you want people that can shoot not people that can tape up uh, a freaking engine you want people that can hit the target that's out there that can save lives and that can take lives okay unleash the dogs <laughs> okay okay right. do, we, do I want to tear them apart first or do you JD alright let me, let me go first man alright look I have I have two two count them up two gunners that are fifty one gunners and fifty seven gunners large gunners and they are both fifty or well forty eight in one and forty seven in another but I'll tell you what when they when they hit those guns and I take them out and we get into the looting screen, I will have at least one car, even if I shot the shit out of that car. Well, there's another edit. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put a beep. I like beeps. Now, but JD, either the engine is destroyed when, you, when you're when you in combat, before the mechanic even does his job, he's cowering in the back seat at this moment. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's in the trunk sucking his thumb. Yeah, there you go. So either either the guy, either the men up front, are, either they're gonna destroy the or, or women, because this game is uh has both genders extensively. Because my girlfriend, I'm sorry, my leader uh, is the is Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia Spurnbank Tyner. She is our leader of the Thug Matrix. But um but come on, JD. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay, I'll jump in here. Yeah, pick up. Um now my typical crew, I generally have a mechanic driving, and then I have my two gunners. Now my gunners are pretty well trained and they tend to blow the heck out of anything they come across. It's up to my mechanic, on the other hand, to try and put the pieces back together again. For the right, exactly. Uh, as your mechanics get over skill 50, uh, and this is true with any skill, once it's over skill 50, you get to choose a specialism for it. And these are special skills that give you added bonuses. Um, for the mechanic, that would be things like jury rigging, 
Not, uh, yeah, yeah, jury rigging. Yeah, I know, but you have to get to the yeah, level fifty. Yeah, So, so when your over-eager beaver gunners blow the crap out of an engine and destroy it completely, it's your jury rigger that gives you a chance to try and put it back together again and to drive that car home. Yes, and we'll get to we'll get to the specialisms after we cover everything. I'd like to do that, but um, that's when you get to level fifty, and I don't have anybody that's level fifty yet. Well, you gotta start somewhere. So except bring a mechanic for, along. Except for my girlfriend. I mean, my character Patricia Spermbank Tyner. That is. Now, oh, you're you're better half. Now, mechanic skill. I'm convinced. I'm converted. I believe you. But the handgun skill. You gotta be kidding me. I haven't nah. seen a handgun. Okay. I've actually got a character with 105 handgun skill, and I am okay. itching for Jim to get those 3D character models out there. So when yeah. the much anticipated feature. Uh, characters on foot make it into the game. That's when the handgunners are going to start coming into the room. Yeah, now that that's where that's where they're going to start coming in. Okay, we don't have characters on foot, so you know, handgun skill that kind of sucks. It's cool that it's here. I must say. And I have to also predict that when this, when when Darkwind has characters on foot, I think that this game is really really gonna expand. I think the audience is gonna widen. I think people are gonna are gonna see what we see already, and I think it's gonna open up a world of possibilities. Right. Yeah. You know. You know. I I tend to agree with you, Task. You know. I. Now, who is this Jim? Does he have a gang? Who? Uh, yeah, Jim. Jim is Sam's brother, I do believe. And yes. uh, he, he's a guy, yes. basically, that we've locked in the basement uh, to work on these character models for us. Uh, he's been toiling away, toiling away, and uh, yeah, I think we're really going to appreciate all of his hard work. Okay, so that's why I don't, I don't know him. I don't know his gang name or anything like that. Yeah, we don't let him out of the basement too much. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, the next skill is ballistics. Ballistics. All right. Now, balli- the ballistic skill is for weapons that shoot at an arc. Weapons that go really high in the air and then land at the target. Like mortars, car grenades, paint guns, uh, I believe smoke guns. Um, this particular skill, I don't really have a lot of weapons that use it. Guys, what are your thoughts? Well, it's true. The weapons, the, the weapons for this particular skill are rather rare in the game. But if you happen to have uh, a mortar or a card grenade launcher and have a, a character well-trained in ballistics, it can really make a difference for your scout. You get to soften up the enemy while they uh, are still out of line of sight for your direct fire weapons and, and can generally cause havoc before the battle even really, really starts. Havoc is uh, <laughs> havoc is a, a bad word to use, you know. Yeah, what you want to do is just spank the shit out of them. We got ourselves another edit. <laughs> now uh, the. Okay, now, yes, the ballistic weapons are rare, but another skill that's not quite as rare is the large gun skill. Now, uh, personal favorite. Yes. <laughs> it's the second, it's the second, the second most, uh, the second tier, I guess, uh, weapon skill. You see, hey, that, that, that's Toe Cutter's, 
forte. I've got a couple of gunner, uh, large gunners that are over 150 skill. And yeah. that's the, they're the ones yeah. that get me the... Well, my highest is 30. <laughs> 31 right now. That's why Toe Cutter has all of the tank guns. <laughs> now, uh, any thoughts on large the large gunner skill in general? Um, well, I mean, it's an... It's a requisite for using the larger weapons in Darkwind. Um, the larger weapons take up a lot of room in your car. They don't hold all that much ammo, but the amount of damage they do per shot is usually incredible. Um, the key is to having your characters trained up rather high in these skills because they also tend to be rather inaccurate. Um, but paired with a decent gunner, they will win battles. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They'll uh, they'll they'll blow everybody away. Now, my favorite weapon in the large gun category has to be has to be, and I, I know JD is is, is going to co-sign this. The heavy Gatling gun. Oh, you betcha. Yeah, the heavy Gatling gun. Yeah, you betcha. You know, I. I I shoot those as often as I can. You know, actually, actually, uh, actually, JD, I'm sorry. I, cool. I I have to take that back only because I don't consider the weapon that is actually my favorite large gun category weapon. I don't consider it a large gun. I kind of consider it a melee weapon, a melee weapon. The heavy flamethrower. That's my favorite large gun weapon. <laughs> well, the the flamethrower. You could do excellent damage when you're up close. But when you're up close, you have to deal with the other people on the NPC's side. You know, you have to you have to shoot when you get up close. Yes. Yes, the the flame in, is so stressful for the other drop for the other uh, occupants of the vehicle. I found, and it doesn't do a lot of damage to the actual car or armor or even engine. A lot of the times, I've never destroyed an engine with flame, actually, right? Except for maybe an exposed uh, stalker before, uh, because the engine is exposed and it catches fire easily. Uh, but uh, probably from bullets though previously. But uh, well, you've just hit on a really important. Uh, fact that we've actually skipped over with these combats and that's the morale of the enemy they, these combats don't end just because you've killed everybody it's because you've got them so demoralized they uh, they start raising the white flags and uh, a flamethrower is an excellent weapon like you said to totally freak out the other side uh, exactly exactly and a car looted is worth more at Jake's or on the market with the least amount of damage inflicted upon it. And so if you can get a crew to surrender early and move on to your next target, uh, that's really a bonus. And the flamethrower's devastating morale effect is certainly its uh, highest strength. Now the next uh, the next character stat, and I know we're kind of we're kind of not getting in depth with them, but I think we'll get in depth when we uh, cover the specializations. But uh, the gun skill and the weapons that involve that are involved. Um, the guns, my favorite gun, definitely heavy flamethrower for large gun, and but for gun is the Gatling gun. It gets the job done. Tw- 
twice a turn. Heavy Gatling guns are awesome. I love heavy Gatling guns. Yeah, they're so light, too. The cargo space is only 20. They don't take up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. It's a Gatling gun. You shoot twice. Yeah. Every time. Toe Cutter, what's your preferred gun, if any, if you if you don't just uh, use large guns exclusively? Oh, my backup weapon right now is laser. I, uh, I love that little laser. Uh, there's just something about a weapon that you don't have to worry about ammo. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it tends to be quite, it's twice as bulky as the Gatling gun, so it does take up quite a bit of room. But, uh, Never having to worry about ammo, never reloading, it's great. The power per shot does degrade the more consecutive turns you use it, so you just take a break every now and then, and then you're right back to toasting the enemy. Um, with a decent gunner, you can uh, hit at ridiculously long ranges with it. It also has the added advantage of being able to set the opposing car on fire and let additional right. fire effects give it damage. Yes. It also tends to freak the enemy out quite well. Now, i found that with the laser myself, it doesn't seem to do a lot of damage. Uh, the laser does its most damage with the first two or three shots that you do. Um, after that, you got to let it recharge, um, or your consecutive shots will start doing less and less damage. So it's not a weapon that you're probably going to use every turn unless you're desperate, but... Uh, for the first couple of shots, it really does make a huge uh, impact on the enemy's armor. Yeah, especially at long ranges. Well, we had a scout with Sam last night, and I managed to hit somebody at 131 meters. Oh, joy. <laughs> the trucking skill. Uh, now, we have, what, the semi-truck, we have the fire truck, uh, the, the trucking... Two-axle lorry is probably it was the first truck in the game. But, so why are the trucks so paper thin? Yeah, uh, like, tish, like tissue paper. Wet yep. tissue paper, JD. <laughs> Ew, you nasty visuals, okay? Water, nasty it splashed on it. I guess there's a bit of realism involved, too. I mean, when you look at a two-axle lorry, it's big. And uh, so when you're looking at covering a square foot of this big, huge trailer behind it, uh, your armor is getting stretched rather thin. And so it does take a lot. It does take a lot of armor to cover. There is no trailer. Yes. What, what about the the the, uh, the semi that doesn't have the trailer? What's the advantage to that? Like, uh, is it is it good to use some of the trucks for ramming? What are the strategies for using trucks in general? Uh, we we understand that that uh, we'll probably see a uh, a purple sun before we see a fire truck. But uh, what about some of the more common uh, trucks? What are some? Are, are there any advantages to them besides? Car- moving uh, cargo? I don't think don't. ramming would be the word. Ramming is not the word. Running over would be the word. <laughs> you know, because the trucks are so huge. <laughs> okay. You know, you know I, I would prefer using one of those uh, uh, the big ass rams. You know, on the front of that truck. You betcha. <laughs> yeah, they might not be very well armored, but you certainly don't want to get in their way. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, 
if you get hit by that, you know, 29,000 pounds hitting you right in the side of your door, it's not going to be a very good day. Now, JD, that's an excellent transition to the next skill because let's say you don't have a door. You're on a cycle. The next uh, statistic we're discussing is the cyclist skill. Now, motorcycles. Well, since we don't since we don't have motorcycles, what the hell is the point of this conversation? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, JD, because you know motorcycles are dangerous. You know, you see it on the news all the time. You know, man ends up in restaurant face splattered all over wall from a motorcycle accident, etc., etc. You know, car accident, etc., etc. They're injured. You know, no prote- no protection, JD. Why would oh. you want to ride a motorcycle in the dark when world jd one one word scouting once, okay, well, uh, go ahead once uh once motorcycles a another heavily anticipated feature up and coming uh, once they're finally in the game you'll probably find that they will uh improve your scouts um as far as start positions and, and stuff like that goes they will become the ultimate vehicle for your scouts well, as long as we don't ride like you do. Oh, sorry, Toe. <laughs> I I um I just don't see I I just don't see um a cyclist lasting very long unless his his whole MO is to as soon as the mission starts to get out of there ASAP because that's yeah. probably what's going to happen most of the time. Yeah. They're they're going to find the enemy for you and let your heavy combat vehicles do the job. Okay, I'm the I'm like the newest person here. And when I saw cyclist skill, in my mind's eye, I got a visual of, like, a 10-speed pedal bike with a little bell. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. I I got a vision of a guy on a ninja with a little machine gun in the front getting shot in the leg while his calf is, like, about about 20 meters behind him. He's just bleed, riding, dying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, it just it just doesn't paint a pretty picture to me. I feel sorry. I wouldn't put any of my soldiers on that thing. Now, no, no, no. See, I I had a, a picture of toe cutter on a little uh, uh low boy. You know, you know. Well, I just hope that toe cutter avoids the Gatling guns, JD. Uh, if he's got <laughs> one of those things now. The uh, the, another question I have, I I don't know if it's it's probably off topic slightly, but do buggies add to your scouting ability? Riding in buggies, you know how certain certain chassis actually uh, help you out when you go out on scouts. Do buggies? No, the only thing that helps you on your scouting ability is your scout, the the person you put in the driver's seat. Okay. But buggies are the coolest vehicle, and no one can believe it, but buggies are my favorite vehicle ever. Actually, right. I need I need to retrofit one for, for um, scouts. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like them myself, and I want to use them, but I want to find a reason to use them, because they're so light on armor and the engine is so small. Well, I found a reason to use them. Come on, Lynn, let me shoot you up. Oh, JD. 
the um, the next statistic in Tokara, you mentioned, you, you mentioned morale earlier, uh, and this is the probably the main morale statistic: uh, courage. Uh, courage. Courage depends on how quickly your guys will surrender. But how do you know when you have a guy that can go out there without, you know, throwing his hands up as soon as he sees a, a car rifle? Well, go go with at least a 30 courage. At least a 30, okay, okay. Now, um, courage is certainly probably the most important stat for a scout. Right. It, uh, I agree. Determ- it determines uh, how long your gang is going to stay in the battle. You, you certainly don't want a, your huge, big behemoth of a tank surrendering because somebody took a shot at it with a machine gun. And uh, your courage stat is certainly going to, uh, uh, to influence this. It's also influenced by a number of factors um, as far as uh, your stress levels are concerned. Uh, your stress level you can monitor on the manage screen for your car and it's represented by a percentage stat and the higher it gets uh, it's your courage that's going to determine whether or not they're going to raise the white flag Uh, other external influences include having your gang leader along for the scout having his leadership around is a big morale boost to your gang now, does, does the morale uh, improvement, does that help my guys actually hit the targets? Um, actually, no. Specialism skill for the particular weapon skill that they have. Uh, courage under fire is the name of that specialism. And that's the one that will determine whether or not, while you're getting hit, if your crewman keeps his cool and keeps on target. Okay, look. Uh, no, the person or the uh, the person that you have shooting, if they have a high dexterity, that will determine how uh, how high their their two hit ratio is. Okay. I thought it was their skill. The skill? Yes, I thought it was uh, if a character is uh, firing with a with a, a car rifle, for example. Uh, I okay. thought it was dependent on their gunnery skill as opposed to the dexterity. The it dexterity is skill. the gunnery skill also is is worked with their dexterity. The higher your dexterity, the more often you hit your target. Tolkutter, would you agree with that? Well, it's a compliment to your gunnery skill. Um, okay. Characters with a higher deck certainly find it easier to hit. Um, now, but it's more of a compliment. It doesn't take the place of the skill. Now, right. Earlier, you mentioned um, transitioning out of uh, out of the statistics because the other statistics are actually abilities. I would I would guess, or they're actually a little different. Moving into the specialisms before we get ready to close out here. Uh, you mentioned courage under fire, which gives you a better ability, a better ability to shoot uh, accurately while taking damage. 
Um, and with the mechanic skill, let's go back to that for a second. Once you get what you said over 50, you can repair broken engines. For the mechanics, there's uh, a couple of different specialisms. One of them being engine tuning. Uh, this allows you, if you have a character with a specialism in a town, to give your in-town events. Uh, it gives your cars a bit of a speed boost. Um, they'll accelerate just a tiny bit faster. Um, so, engine tuning is definitely for the uh, stay-at-home mechanics. Then you've got a skill like jury rigging, which improves the odds of your mechanic repairing an engine in the field to bring a car home. You've got the salvaging specialism. Um, that's if you've really toasted the car and there's no hope for the engine. Your mechanic has a really good chance of stripping weapons, uh, making car parts, uh, that sort of thing, off of the uh, off of the damaged chassis. The specialisms can be found on the website. The more one of the more interesting specialisms that I found is. For reload in motion And it's a driver statistic Is it not? Or is that a gun statistic? I never could tell I do believe it's a driver specialism But I could be wrong there um, I don't actually have it myself um, It's a very Very useful specialism Because if you have assigned Your driver as a gunner And your gun has run out of ammo He has to stop the car Before he can reload it The uh, reloading while moving depending on how many times you've chosen that specialism, because each specialism can be chosen more than once to increase your effectiveness. Um, as you increase the rank of your uh, reloading under moving skill, it allows your car to move faster and faster as you try to reload Since you both of you guys uh, are experts in... I've only chose one specialty for and that was for my scout. And I chose negotiator. And negotiator gives me the ability to um, have truces with uh, NPC pirate gangs sometimes, according to the website. But um, I wouldn't guess that uh, that the lady here wouldn't uh, would have a specialist person, would you? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, JD, what's your favorite specialist uh, ability for your gangs? Or can you tell us about uh, a couple of your favorites that you have with the gear jammers? Well, actually, it's uh, the machine guns, obviously. Since I've been able to acquire a few Gatling guns or heavy Gatling guns, that's been my my favorite. If you're using uh, the specialisms of the machine gun, moving targets and machine guns, if that's what we need to use for our specialisms, my people will hit you every time. Yeah, moving targets is certainly my favorite of the specialisms. Um... There are weapon-specific specialisms, but if your gunner has to use a weapon outside of his specialism, then the moving targets is really a, a broader sort of advantage to hit with. It's yeah. certainly the most useful. Uh, all my gunners have moving targets. Right. You know, I, I also have, you know, large gunner skill, but then again, I don't have that many large guns, except for now. Now that I have the the heavy Gatling guns, and for anyone listening, JD, uh, do you want to tell them? Because I'm sure someone will want to know. 
how much are you willing to uh, part with one of your heavy Gatling guns for? Uh, for one of my heavy Gatling guns? Yeah, about 15 grand. 15 grand, and JD can give you one of his heavily coveted uh, heavy Gatling gun. Now, before we get ready to close out, I wanted to briefly, if you guys don't mind, I know we, we've had a good time, we've laughed, we, we've joked, but uh, I, I recently had a colleague of mine, and he lost someone very close to him recently. Um, I don't know if you guys know him, uh, Alocalypse. He lost uh, someone close to him, Lance Aimshot Rubio. And I just want to send my condolences uh, to Advanced Race Labs, Thug Matrix. We, we send our condolences and we're crying with you uh, at the loss of that Hall of Fame gunner, Lance Aimshot Rubio. We'll see you at the crossroads, Lance. Now, uh, any closing uh, parting words for um for the new for the new uh, Darkwing players before we go ahead and close out? I'm the only female in this game so far. I'd like to see more females. So if you all have like female friends, you know, kind of bring them this way to Darkwind. JD, do you have any uh, closing words for the new players in Darkwind? Yeah, actually, I do. You new guys, you're gonna you're gonna find a whole new world of shooting other people. You're gonna find a whole new world of good friends. And you'll probably find a whole new world of pissed off people at you. But keep it up. Because we are. Toe cutter. Do you have any uh, closing words for the new players of Darkwind? Well, for the new players of Darkwind, I guess uh, the first thing that should be said, if it hasn't already in the lobby, is well, welcome to the game. You're going to meet uh, a lot of really interesting people, uh, really friendly people. Uh, this has got to be the best community. I have ever had the privilege to game with. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. People are more than willing to help you. So uh, don't be afraid. Just jump right in there on the chat. People, people want to hear. Yes, and I would like to say to the new players of Dark One, welcome. Ask all the questions you want. Go to the Dark One wiki. Um, um, special shout out to 88 miles per hour one more time I want to say thank you for listening and oh Tess can I say one more thing absolutely I want to point people um, new players old players over to the gazette um, there's going to be a lot of great stories coming up so keep your eyes out you better be writing stories about my 
chills. Yes, JD, I'm 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 going to be writing about your thrills and chills just as long just as well as I'm going to be writing about toe cutters and taskmasters and fish heads <laughs> and 88 mile per hour and everybody's going to get like a cover story from me. Don't forget Darth. Oh yeah, Darth Spanky! <laughs> <laughs> go Darth Spanky, go! I'm Michael J. Clark, the Mad Crushers. Everybody, everybody is going to get you know some kind of story. Maybe one day, three years from now, we all meet together in like freaking Amsterdam or something like that. <laughs> we have we have a picnic. The Darkwing community, we're just that close, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the free sex town. <laughs> I was mainly talking about the drugs. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I want to thank you for listening to the Darkwing Podcast. Uh, my name is Task Masterpiece, and I am the leader of the Thug Matrix. I'm JD. I'm the leader of the Gear Jammers. And I'm the Toe Cutter, and I'm the leader of the Toe Cutters. I'm Lunita Nesta, and I'm the gang leader of the Rainbow Chasers. Bye-bye. <laughs>